Hey everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love, and this is the podcast where Pastor J.D. Greer gives quick answers to some of your toughest theological, ethical, and leadership questions. Um, today, our question comes from one of our listeners named Landon, and uh, I have to admit, this is one I've asked before, and uh, I have heard other people ask this question in some form, so this is a good one uh, for us to hear what, what Pastor J.D. has to say, because I think we're all asking this. So the question is this, how concerned should we be with Christian family or friends who muddle doctrine? Maybe they have different beliefs around issues like homosexuality or who can be an elder or how you would get to heaven, but they've been saved and baptized, they're a believer, but they just have different uh, different theology than we have. Should we approach them about issues of doctrine? And if so, how do we do that? So, J.D., what do you think? Landon, that is a fantastic question, and one I think is really relevant for a lot of us because a lot of us have friends and family that believe differently about various things. And so we wonder, like, what's the right way to do this? The short answer is yes, you always should. approach. I mean, Paul wrote his epistles to try to help correct doctrinal error, and the more serious the doctrinal error, the more he kind of leaned in on it. But I do think you have to you know, develop a grid for understanding the relative importance of different things, and not everything is a salvation issue, and some of them, while being critical to salvation, um, others are, are, are not critical to that. So let me go back to something we've actually talked about here before in this program, and let me expand it. I, Landon, I hope you're okay with this. I'm going to use your question to expand it just a little bit into saying, how do we think about people who disagree with us. Um, Michael Byrd is a theologian. And by the way, I don't agree with everything Michael Byrd says. So this is a good a good thing for me to use from him because there are things that he and I would not agree on. But he talks about, he, he identifies three different levels of beliefs, doctrinal importance in, in Christianity. He, category one for him is what he calls matters essential for salvation. Now, there you got to think like the doctrine of Christ, the way of salvation, things that you need to believe to be a, a Christian. Um, category two are matters that are important to the faith and integrity of the church. They're, they're not necessarily essential for salvation, like the category one issues. They're still like they're essential for being in fellowship together, being able to be unified in the church. Think things like the inerrancy of the Bible. Can somebody believe that God allowed humans to mix in error with the Bible and still be saved? Well, I believe so if they believe that they are saved by by faith in Christ, but but that doesn't mean that allowing the Bible to have errors in your belief is not a very serious issue. Um, think about things like our understanding of sexual morality or gender or marriage. Um, it is true that the Apostle Paul says those who practice brazenly sexual immorality will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, you know, in, in pastorally, I, I, I understand, I, I, I don't think this would be inconsistent with what Paul says, that there can be people who are confused about the application of sexual purity, that um, it's a serious error and one we can't allow in the church, but I, I wouldn't say that just because they were confused and got it wrong, that means that they are are out, you know, that, that God disqualifies them for that reason. By the way, these first two categories, categories one and two, are, are, are things that the Apostle Paul would tell us that we need to divide over, meaning like in order for us to be in the same church together, we've got to agree on these things. Um, that leads to category three, what Michael Byrd calls matters of indifference. And that is, he would say, debatable things, preferences, convictions about the best application of Christian principles and, and, and so forth. Um, you're not saying that there's no right and wrong in this category, just that the importance of agreement in those things doesn't rise to a category one or two level. 
Paul refers to these things, I think, in Romans 14 when he, he calls them the disputed matters. I, I would subdivide this group just so you can kind of get your mind around it into, for lack of better terms, let's call it third level doctrines. Is Christ going to come before the tribulation, middle of the tribulation, after the tribulation? Is he going to come? Is there a tribulation? I mean, these are things that um, I have convictions on, but I would never put these to the level that I would say, yeah, if we don't agree on this, we're not going to be able to to be in the same church. I would also put a secondary category um, of applications of wisdom or what I call derivative convictions, meaning, um, you know, who's the best candidate to vote for? Um, I take my biblical principles and I arrive at what I think is a wise conviction. And I may think it, you know, all Christians, if they were acting wisely, would do the same thing as me, but I wouldn't give that application of wisdom the same level that I would other um, convictions. So um, that'd be another subdivision there. And then I'd put a third subdivision under category three. Is this getting confusing, Landon? Uh, category three, matters of indifference, I'm, I'm subdividing it into three categories. That third is just questions, you know, it's currently unsettled issues. Ones that you're like, well, this is kind of what I see and and but I'm not sure the scriptures are going to give us a rock solid, you know, um, answer on this. Um, so, you know, I think that's a helpful grid to use. Um, by the way, there's a, um, a, a theologian by the name of Eric Thonis that says that you can tell what goes in what category based on on he lists seven different considerations, biblical clarity. Um, the, the belief relevance to the character of God, um, how, how, how much it relates to the essence of the gospel, how frequently the Bible brings it up and the significance it's given when it is brought up, um, the effect that it has on other doctrines. Uh, inerrancy of the Bible is a good one because once you, once you kind of untie the knot on that one, then all of a sudden that's going to lead you to a lot of other doctrines that you can begin to, uh, to mess with. Um, this consensus among Christians, both past and present. One of the reasons that I'm so clear about what the Bible teaches about homosexuality is for 2000 years, Christians have believed this. And you're telling me that, you know, a group of Christians since 1980 have suddenly seen the light after 2000 years of confused darkness. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There's been a lot of consensus among Christians with past and present on that. And then there's what he says, the effect on personal and church life. Um, Justin Taylor has a blog where he he, he, he lists these things out, and I, I found it really helpful because it helps me know, okay, what goes in what category. Um, Al Mohler, theologian and friend of mine, calls this theological triage, where we're just always thinking, like, what is the relative importance here? Uh, let me mention one other thing while we're kind of nerding out on this for a little bit. Um, a, a, another theologian named Michael Whitmer has a, has a book called Don't Stop Believing, and he, he lays out a really interesting way to think through these things. He says there's what you must believe to be a Christian— like I'm a sinner. Jesus died to save me from my sin. I'm not saved by my good works, but by what Jesus did. He said, you have to believe that. I mean, that's the whole point of the epistles in the book of Acts. And then he says, there's another category of what you must not reject. And that's where he puts the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, because I mean, Hey, <laughs> little secret, a lot of people don't quite understand the Trinity when they become Christians. Um, and a lot of people, even in church history, didn't quite, you know, you got new mission fields where they don't quite get it. And it takes years to kind of work out what exactly the Bible teaches. But what Whitmer says is what you, what you can't do is reject it. You can't see, you know, an exploit. You can't hear an explanation of the deity of Christ and the Holy Spirit and say, no, 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 that's not true. Jesus is just a man. He said, so you wouldn't put that in the category of what you have to believe. You put it in the category of what you must not reject. 
And then he has a third category, um, Dr. Whitmer does, and that is what you should believe. And that's where he's going to put things in there like, you know, the church is Christ's body, um, the you know, the sanctity of marriage and, and humans being made in the image of God and, and that sort of thing. So I, I know that's a lot of different grids, but I actually do think it helps you with develop this, what we call theological triage and, and understanding the relative importance for, for sake of simplicity. I just end up going back to, to Michael Bird's three categories. Category one matters essential for salvation. Category two matters important to the faith and integrity of the church and integrity of the church, even if not essential for salvation. And then this kind of third category, which is a matter of indifference is not the best word, but matters that we can disagree about and not have to feel like we um, we we split fellowship over. Um, here's the thing. Um, not everything in Christianity is going to be a first order issue. But but the catch is the longer you're in church, the more you feel like your opinions on everything in every category is a first order issue. And, and, and that's what we've got to avoid. We've got to, to be able to identify those essential things that are necessary for salvation, life, and godliness, and then, and then give our relative weight and our fervency in, 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 in convincing somebody around, around those categories. Um, at the end of the day, I come back to the, the quote that was attributed to Augustine. It's doubtful whether he said it, but why not attribute it to him? He said a lot of great things. He says, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. So if you're talking to your family about some of these first order, second order issues, um, I think you say to them, hey, this is a really important. The Bible spends a lot of time on this, and it's really clear, and the church has agreed on it for 2,000 years, and it has devastating effects if we don't believe that. I, I think you're right to, to lean in on that. Do you disqualify their salvation and say you're not really a Christian? I, I would be hesitant doing that because you know, if somebody really is trusting in the mercy of Christ alone, believing that he's God and the Savior, the one Savior that came to earth that, um, to save them, that he was God coming down to rescue us and they have taken all their hopes for salvation off of themselves and put them onto him. Um, that that's, that's salvation. I remember Charles Ryrie, one of the most famous theologians of the previous generation. I remember me asking him a bunch of similar questions that you're asking Landon and, and him just kind of shaking his head. He was close to 90. I think at this point he said, Oh son, he said, God's grace covers up for a lot of mistakes. And if we hope and trust in his mercy and grace, he, um, he welcomes us in because of Christ. And so let's let's not seek to honor Christ by by encumbering the beautiful gospel that we were saved by hoping in his grace. And let's be serious about doctrine, but serious in all the right ways. I hope that's helpful. And I hope it helps you as you dialogue with your family and with others about, about coming to know the truth. Blessings on you, Landon. Praying for you as you share Christ and, and lead your family to, to maturity. Thanks so much, JD. That was that was super helpful, and I hope Landon and others are encouraged to hear what you have to say about how to use discernment in these conversations with other brothers and sisters in Christ and how we love people that we disagree with. So thanks so much for that answer. 